0: Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, a conversation about literature and art, about duende and queerness and coping and tea, border blur and misfits and community, secret places, Angel House Press. I'm your host, Amanda Earle. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks. I'm Amanda Earle, and this is episode six, 73, not 63. And I'm here with Subrash Singh. Hi, Hi Subrash.
1: Hi, Amanda. How are you?
0: Great. I, I've been looking forward to this episode for some time. We're going to actually talk about music and poetry. In my, I call it the poetic elements of music. So, uh it should be uh, quite fun and uh, I, I have a, a reason, well, there's lots of reasons why I invited Subraj to be on the show with me, but uh, why don't we ask uh, Subraj, uh, why, why are you here <laughs> no, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, um, so I'm a, I'm a singer-songwriter in Ottawa um, and the, I first met Amanda uh, because I opened her, uh, opened for her on a performance, um, I think it was at a clock tower, uh, where you were doing, you, you recently released a chapbook and I had, that was my first like real live performance. And I got a chance to share some songs that night. And I, I even remember the type of music I was writing at the time of that time. I was really into cults and I was writing about cults um, and I got really into using uh, metaphors about cults and uh, you, kind of attaching them to regular day life. Um, so what I, what I do is, is I, I write songs Um, And I play music and uh, I like to perform and I like to play with words as much as possible. And as a songwriter, I think I find myself uh, generally spending a lot of time thinking about how to connect and anchor daily life with emotional songwriting or um, yeah, that's essentially what I'm generally trying to do and just generally try to work with Daily life, and how to incorporate it into music, and 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 we're going to talk about poetry and music, and, and that's what I think my style has really become. I'm very, uh, very verse heavy, and I don't really write choruses too often. Um, and this has become an identifier for me, but in the last little bit, um, and yeah, the the music has drastically be went from being just sad to. Being a little bit on um, the mundane, but not quite mundane, um, exp- exploratory of 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 emotions, while also exploring why little things really, really matter to me, at least.
0: That, that's great. Yeah, I remember. I I I, sure, I remember that I I met you at. Um, at an inward tree. I didn't realize it was that you, I didn't remember that it was, you op- opened for me. Oh, that's, that's even, that's even nicer. And then of course we <laughs> we had you, I invited you to come uh, perform for the John Love Poetry Award. Yeah. Uh, reading Ceremony, which was really great. And I remember you, you gave a great uh, performance then as well. And uh, yeah, I liked your music from the very first time I, I heard you. And I, I think we have some similar uh, like people that we like musician, music wise. And we often on Facebook, we'll exchange, uh, thoughts on someone we've heard or, or something we think the other one might like so that we have we share an interest in music obviously other other than you can play the guitar really well and I don't play it very well so <laughs> but I also like to ra- I write songs as well I've always written songs songs for me I I think um I wrote so- songs probably maybe before I was writing what what well certainly before when I was writing something that I would have called poetry you know but I, w- I always wrote songs like from the time I was little I always with songs all the time i just don't know how to i can sing them better than i can play them on the guitar basically <laughs> that's it and i'm gonna I'll also uh Subrash has a band camp uh um page and i'll i'll post that on the show notes and he's got a a new uh three song ep called pyp pick pick your people right yeah so that
2: yeah um, exactly that
0: that's already that's already uh, interesting what what's made you choose that as your title for your uh for your
1: oh it, it's it's heavily um, based on the position we've been put in, the environment, and how it's changed because of the pandemic. Um, I was a lot of it had to do with uh, having our bubbles and how we uh, like approach those bubbles. And I thought about um, the people I would I would inevitably pick to be involved in my life when I feel like uh, our, we have such a huge limitation on who we can see and who we can speak to. And I mean, it, it was really easy for me to figure out who's important to me and who I've picked as people over the years. Um, these are people I've connected with and people I speak to daily, and I think I require their presence to feel fully energized. Um, with that being said, uh, uh, picking uh, picking a new partner is is like a big part of it too. Like met somebody that I'm just like, this is this is. This is what true joy is. This is really, really nice. This is really, oh, lovely. yeah. This is a really, really excellent feeling. Um, and PYP, pick your people. The whole concept of it really just came from. Also, outside of of pandemic, uh, I find um, for most most folks, it's the older um, I've been getting. It's just I want to reduce my circles to to a small a reliable group of people. Um, and I, I find that with a lot of people I, I know have a, have a similar outlook on life. That doesn't mean you, you shun anybody, not in your circle, but you have your circle. Um, and really it's just about finding people that, that you need and, and cherish and are energized by. And, uh, I was listening to a beautiful, um, I think it was Christmas Eve. I was, I was in the car. There was a radio CBC broadcast about
2: oh,
1: uh, chosen families or, or, and it was very beautiful. It was about, it's. it was about sometimes, you know, sometimes your family can't be um,
2: family. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you, you, you do eventually figure out what you find family through, through the people you choose. And I think that whole concept was really beautiful and they had really, really wonderful stories in there. Um, really heartfelt, like, and, and I think that that's the whole concept I was going for. And like, that's, I think, been on my mind for the last little bit.
0: Great. That, that makes sense. So do you, when you're writing a song, do you come up, is this is probably, it might depend on the song, but I'm sure you get asked this lyrics or music first, or does it depend?
1: It's a, it's a big question. I, I, yeah. I, I definitely wrote some, some jot notes down for this one. Um, I think, Realistically, they they come up very separately. Um, Both, I think lyrics sometimes just have a way of manifesting themselves, while the music is usually a much more organized endeavor, where I'm sitting with my guitar just practicing, and then I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Let me keep it in the back burner. Um, So it's hard to say which one comes first, but if I were to have to say which one... um, which one drives me to make the music? I would say lyrics.
2: Uh-huh, okay.
1: So I, I, I love words and I love literature and I love, when, uh, I love lyricism. So for me and the music even I listen to, it's lyricism's primary and, and, and very key. And the way I write uh, guitar chords, chord progressions, um, just the music for a song is, is, is very in the moment a lot of the time. Um, and generally, I keep it very simple, because I want to have I want to always keep a focus on the lyrics, or make sure that that they connect well, the two.
0: When uh, one, one, a musician that I really like is a uh, well, he's dead now, Vic Chestnut. And he said, you should be able to sing any anything as a lyric, like he didn't believe like yeah. in making kind of a rhymey thing or whatever, he just and you can see that in the way he way he phrased things too. Like he would have, he has like long, long, like pauses and stuff like just, it's, he's got a good sense of rhythm, but it's not, it's not like a cadence in that way that some musicians have, you know? So, uh, but yeah, he he sings, he has some pretty big words in his songs that you wouldn't think would be in a song, you know? So
1: to uh, that point, I think when it comes to singing um, and, and I feel very much the same because I, um, I really like doing improv because I know I can sing any word really? that it comes to me only because uh, the approach is uh, you shouldn't be singing words, you should be singing syllables. Right. And and if you keep that approach, then you should be able to keep each syllable within with one chord, within one beat. Um, and if you keep that approach, I, I, I very much uh, like have the same belief, I think, in that regard um and that's the way you can kind of mix up the vocabulary and, and and your songwriting
2: too
0: there you go yeah we had at the at the bywords uh read, uh reading our performance i remember you asked people from the audience to uh come up with things for you to sing about it was so great you really did come up with all kinds of things it was it was really fun that was a really fun experience that was
1: great i, I still remember it vividly because uh, one of my friends came to that show and generally that was one of my favorite performance ever uh, it was because fun. i yeah i never i don't think i've ever had the experience of being with such an attentive audience yeah
2: uh
1: so respectful um i could really feel that they were listening and that made me want to like perform my heart and it was it was it was a really nice feeling i do remember i had my had a friend there who when i asked for improv songs he i know for a day job he drives all day and he's like being stuck in traffic and somebody else said love and, and like instantly i this i still love the narrative that i built there and he's just like you need to figure out how to write that song um it was about uh falling in love with everybody that you you kind of melt eyes with and heavy traffic. Yeah, it was fun. It was really, really fun.
0: It was really good. So as, and I guess that's one way words of a song can come to you if people suggest ideas. But what are other ways that words uh, come to you for a song?
1: Yeah, so one of the biggest things is, uh, is driving, I think. Um, I do a lot of my best thinking in driving, especially if I just turn music off for a little bit and I'm going to a specific location, or I just ended a really beautiful conversation with a friend um, and I'm on my way back home, uh, that's when I do some of my, my best thinking. And it's very separated from the actual music, like I mentioned before. Uh, it kind of like one visual or one specific thought or one um, just metaphor or simile that kind of pops up is when I'm like, I'll just be singing. Start. I'll be just like saying that one thing over and over again, kind of adding stuff to it in my car, mm-hmm. singing out loud, and, and usually that's where I get the, the first, first verse for a song, and then I just carry forward from there. Um, so, so realistically, wh- the way they come to me is is through conversation. It's very influenced right. by, by speaking to people because. I think that's the best way to uh, get your brain going. Uh, you get this really wonderful um, moment where these two brains just bouncing energy off each other, saying, saying great words. Um, and in that moment, there's usually something very, very wonderful that gets said. Uh, I think. I think what was it? I think I was talking to a friend right before and we said it's almost sundown. And then I wrote this song called soliloquy Sundown." Um, <laughs> and I, I remember my favorite part about it was I said, "Sundown sounds like a warning call." and that's all <laughs> I could think about. And then using that, I just like looked at all the visuals of of uh, of thinking about what it means to, you know, have the sun come down. and then like, for that that statement almost sounds like everything's about to be unsafe. And you're like racing to get home, and then I was thinking about other things that I've been playing with, like uh, the, the 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 metaphor of of gas gauges and putting gas in your car with how much energy you put in your own life, and yeah, and it was just like this one little spark is what really got everything going for me for that particular day, and and I think that's how it always has been. It's just usually one thing. Sometimes I just focus on trying to write a song and that's just really good practice for when that kind of organic moment happens because the organic moments are the ones that you really really want to share while sometimes when you focus and write down a song sometimes it turns out really good but the best case scenario is that you learned something about how to uh write a little bit better and you start to focus on narrative so uh the words to a song come, the first verse comes, and that's after I have at least the first verse, then I build a narrative. Because uh, my approach to songwriting is very much the same way I would approach an essay or a story. It needs to have uh, layers to it. It needs to have a conclusion. It has to have structure. Um, And if it doesn't have that narrative to me, it feels like it's missing something because I'm, I, I like I love the idea of of individuals taking the time to listen to listen to something and fill in the blanks. But depending on what kind of music you're writing uh, and if you're writing folk songs, quote unquote, yeah. uh, filling in the blanks is not necessarily what you want out of your out of your narrative story. You want it to be told to you in a way. So, yeah, yeah so I, I always kind of sit down later and kind of fill in the blanks and kind of make sure everything kind of makes sense. And there's a pattern of which, the way it's supposed to proceed. Um, And yeah, that's usually the approach. And then I think about essay structure and applying it to song structure. And the thing is the songs are always like a minute to two minutes long (laughs) because the approach to essays are, oh, you're finished when you're finished. finished." Um, And that's like, that's the way I approach um, all of it there,
0: <laughs> right? So, and, and uh, what about some uh, musical in- influences? to uh, any particular, or at the moment, or in general?
1: Yeah, there, there's, there's been a lot, and I remember for from the uh, from 2018 when I gave you my uh, bio, I had a yeah. list of 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 uh, Sufjan Stevens, Ben Howard, Dan Mangan, Damien Rice, and right. I remember at that time uh, jotting them all down. I'm like, yes, these are the guys. And I also saw this, this issue where I was just like, why is it all men? <laughs> why is it all sad men? Um, <laughs> and I really, I really started to, to delve into that. I think in the last few years, although I think all those, um, musicians still like definitely play a huge influence on how I write, especially Superon Stevens. And I was thinking about that right before, uh, we started this chat yeah uh, the, the there's something that uh Sufjan Stevens does really well and then another artist uh Haley Hendrix I think I've I, um, I think we talked about Haley yeah. before and what 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 I love about their music is that they take the entire song um every verse is uh, a part of this overarching metaphor and I think that uh, metaphor or simile and the way it's way it's connected is always somewhat somehow anchored into uh, the real world while they're speaking this wonderful, like magnificent, what feels like uh, chaotic uh, fiction um, as they're singing as, as they're singing their lyrics and they build these little worlds. And I and I and I love that so much. There's yeah. there's particular songs Sufjan Stevens does called um, oh, I can't remember the whole name to the widows left in paradise, which okay. was he as a, he used to play football when he was younger, and he went to this game uh, in a place called Paradise Falls or something like that, and the whole the whole team was just built by like it was just mostly moms that were a part of the home team. And he was just like, he didn't see very many dads. So he built this whole narrative that everybody was widows and they all like protected and took care of each other. And it was this, um, uh, just this like random town that was completely organized exclusively by women. And he was telling this tragic story about it, but also this beautiful story about a community coming together. And it was this really catchy course. Um, And it's done in such a way that it it adds to the song instead of becomes the focus of the song. Uh, So that's when I realized that Sufjan Stevens is still one of my favorite, favorite songwriters. Um, And also just the fact that he's been able to write such such magnificent music for so long. Um, I don't know if you've been able to listen to the the soundtrack for Call Me By Your Name. Um,
2: Oh, yeah, beautiful, right.
1: Yeah, the Miss... uh, I was reading the lyrics for uh, the mystery of love beforehand. I think there's some of the opening lyrics to that are so engaging. Um, Oh, to see without my eyes, the first time that you kissed me, boundless by the time I cried, I built your walls around me. It's just, it's just, it's such a strong opening. Um, And, and just the whole song has like, you intensely feel the narrative immediately. You also understand what he's trying to say, um, while also being really engaged with the music. So that's been a big one for me for the last little bit. And Hayley Hendricks, similar concept. Uh, there's a song called The Bug Collector that I think we'll ta- I, I want to talk about a bit later, um, sure. which is just the whole song's just this perfect narrative of, of protecting... Uh, an anxious friend, and, and it's all done in this, these really beautiful, beautiful, uh, just poetic elements the whole way through. It's very, very pretty.
0: Yay, yay. So you can see why, now, now everyone can see why I picked, uh, why I invited Superaj to come <laughs> and, uh, talk uh, about this, because he's got a lot of great uh, insight and thoughts. I, I also, we're, we're also, I will link to it, there's a Spotify playlist, and as we talk um, afterwards, dra- for the show notes, I'll add YouTube videos that we mention as well as um, as I'll add songs to the, sp- uh, to the playlist as well. So we'll have that as well, uh, so people can. Because unfortunately, we cannot play music on the show because we don't have. <laughs> First of all, if- even if we could, if- even if we had a SoCan license, we could only play Canadian music, and we could only play music that was performed live. That's how So SoCan works. And because if you try to actually play on a podcast. Music that is saved by an American that you can have the record companies can sue you. So I don't have any pockets at all. So you know, <laughs> for that. so we're just gonna link it. to YouTube and uh, Spotify. But in my wild dreams, Subhash mentions a song and then plays a little bit of it. But you know, that's 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 a dream for another time. I guess <laughs> that was fun. I have um, I I did a little googling and I have this songwriting advice from ten Grammy-nominated songwriters that I'll share a link to. And Madonna shares this. She says, songwriting is a really intimate experience. It's kind of like sitting down with a stranger and telling them every secret of your soul. You have to be not afraid to make a fool of yourself. And I thought that was that was good advice. <laughs> Don't yeah. be afraid to make a fool of yourself. So, um,
1: yeah. I, I was thinking about it earlier because uh, I was talking about how sometimes I'll write the song separately, like the lyrics separately than the actual music. And I think sometimes it's sitting down. It's a process of... of metaphorically swiping left and right um, <laughs> with with and then coupling the right music with the right lyrics. And and eventually, together, when they're when they're mixed together perfectly, you have you build a very, very strong relationship um, that empowers one another. Sometimes the lyrics will empower the somberness of the music while the music will empower the, uh, the strength of all the words. And um, and and it's it's very intimate to sit down. Um, it's essentially, uh, I think, similar to to poetry. It's 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 a way to journal your feelings, um, yeah. and organize your thoughts, um, and share. And and it doesn't always have to be your your attention doesn't have to be to share, but if your attention is to share, then no matter what, it's always going to intimate experience because you're learning about yourself. Um, yeah. but when you are starting to write for yourself, knowing that there's going to be an audience, it really opens up, um, how vulnerable you, you're That's making it. yourself.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's a vulnerability and a kind of a risk too, right? Cause you know, like, yeah. like he says, you know, like you have to be not afraid of, well, and I, I think making you but even just of stumbling and, you know, especially for live performances, right? I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in a live That's performance. Dope. And that's okay. And that's one of the beautiful things about live music, that we will get back to uh, in-person music again someday. Yeah. Okay. I also wanted to say that um, I'm a big fan of a, of a podcast, which is now a Netflix TV show called Song Exploder. And it's I, the podcast is hosted by Rishi K. Fairway, who also um, did, ran a podcast called The West Wind Weekly, which was another subject, but... Uh, Uh, a tv show but it's also on on netflix now as a tv show and they i think they've had a a couple of episodes now anyway that's a great i'll also put a link to that but i've discovered some really great music by listening to that uh what is they take one song and then they 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 um the um writer um talks about the the song and then the band performs the song in the end or whoever the singer performs the song but they just talk about this one song it's quite a good. It's quite a good show for a music nerd, anyway.
1: <laughs> no, that sounds great.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's lots of other podcasts I listen to for music. The Nationals. Uh, there's a oh heck, what's that um, podcast? Anyways, anyway, it's just great. podcast, uh, a Coffee and Flowers uh, for uh, the Nationals. It's fantastic. There's another one for the Mountain Goats. I only listen to the Mountain Goats and John Darnielle. He is hosted by um, the guy who does. Um, Oh, another series of podcasts that I've now forgotten. But anyway, that's quite, that's quite good too. And there's a lot of really great uh, podcasts about music that I, that I like as well.
1: Yeah. And John Doniel is one of my all time favorite songwriters too. Uh, I'm a big wrestling fan. And when they released their album, that was just about wrestling. I sat down I had I, I had done the same thing. i have written a song about wrestling before that, yeah. I, yeah, and I was just like, wow, I didn't know I could do this, and then I went and listened to their full album, and I was like, that's magnificent, and I learned a lot of wrestling history through that album that I later, like, there's a couple of of, of documentaries that I came across that, like, explored yeah. a lot of the stories that were told in those songs, and then I think just like a year later, they released an album that was just Dungeons and Dragons. Like they, yeah, it's
2: and Dragons, yeah.
1: It's just so, so clever. Um, and it's written in such a great way. And uh, word choice. Uh, word choice is really important to me. And their word choice is impeccable.
0: Yeah. Especially. Yeah. He's great. And uh, just if anyone else is a, a fan of the Mountain Goats, they just re- um, on Bandcamp, for their most recent, for the last, well, for several of their last albums, because you know they write, they are. He has so much music, right? So it's it's pay what you what you want. So on Bandcamp, so you can I loaded up on like six six albums I didn't have. So <laughs> you know, and the last three were like this basically this year. So so yeah, so that's quite good as well. So I thought we could discuss uh, what makes music poetic. So. um I spent, a, I don't know how long, but a fair amount of time coming up with an incomplete list of possible elements from various genres. And I made like a spreadsheet of songs yeah. and different, as I was listening, I sort of, and I tried to come up with some ideas. So I don't know, like, um, I figure if uh, Bob Dylan can win the Nobel Prize in, in uh, poetry for his music, we can, we can say that music is poetic. So of course. why is it poetic? What? What makes it poetic? So that's what we're here to talk about today. We have some ideas that we thought about, and uh, I guess we'll get into it. What do you think? (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Okay. So, um, I don't know. My first thought was one thing that can make, just like with a poem, one thing that can make um, uh, something poetic, music poetic, is a memorable image. So um, an example I have is um, uh, the band Super Organism, which uh, I love. They have uh, the self-titled album. They, they were formed in 2017. Yeah, so they're an indie pop band that met online with members in multiple countries. So there's Orono Naguchi as well as Emily, Harry, Toucan, Robert Strange, Rudy, B, and Soul. So um, describing the creation of superorganism songs, Orinon Naguchi says, it usually starts with us listening to music and talking about music, art, and all kinds of stuff in the kitchen. Then one of us would come up with a very basic uh, idea for a song. We then send the file back and forth among the group and add on some random ideas that we have, and we keep working on it until we have a final product. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna send um, put out a, a YouTube link to the Prawn Song, which is my favorite song from that album. Not just for not just for all the great sound effects in the in the of the like the sounds of the water and stuff like that, but also for the lyrics. Which have you ever seen the a prawn seen a prawn cause a world war have you ever kissed a prawn got a cold sore so that's an example (laughs) of a memorable image for me uh yeah i I find the songs from the entire album are really relatable and also exceptionally quirky and unique so uh
1: yeah yeah, i was thinking I, i i took a listen to it before uh before the show and yeah i think the immediate uh my immediate reaction was like I, I wasn't sure what to expect from it. <laughs> it has like, it, it's very indie rock, like it, very indie pop. Um, it is a it has a really, it, it wasn't even like, what I can't say it was necessarily like an upbeat. I think it was just,
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, it's hard to
2: describe.
0: <laughs> it was really different. And, and I, I don't know, that's so far, that's the only album they've come out with, but, it, they they were in different countries when they first um met and then they they now i think they're all ba- they're all based in london i think in, in england now but um and a lot of them were members of a band i can no longer remember the name of i'm not really good with memory retention as it is but uh <laughs> yeah i really love this and i found out about it from a friend on facebook actually when when i first uh, found out about the band so uh, since i really love the whole album is great so i highly recommend it but you certainly can't forget the idea of a prawn causing a world war, so you don't <laughs> see that happening. So, I think that I think the lyric they write very good lyrics as well. Uh, so, and actually, in some ways, some of their lyrics, the like the less the, there's a lot that are not as quirky as that, and uh, just about sort of trying to live life and stuff. So, it remind me a bit of your lyrics as well. So, yeah. uh, and as I'm well. gonna have
1: to investigate Superorganism more because what you're telling me is very interesting. And then what I heard from that song was just it was it was a nice change to, for, to what i put in my ears um <laughs> yeah I, I i think um i've i've mostly put in so much like indie folk into my ears for the last little bit that well, anything definitely is nice pardon
0: yeah, yeah i'm a big folk fan myself so both the in both the current stuff and the older stuff as well so
1: yeah exactly um but i i love i love quirkiness um in in all in all content like i can't read and explore anything that doesn't have a little bit of uh uh campiness to it uh, i love i love in the right place. yeah exactly <laughs> I, I when, when things take, get taken too seriously i think uh i think sometimes the life gets taken out of it
0: that's it another um another um idea i had is um halfway uh, the song uh, lavender burning and um, I guess uh, half is um, considered to be uh, some people call American synth pop I guess so Nandy Rose Plunkett has a gorgeous voice and uh, uh, lavender came out in 2018 and this front woman of, of, of halfway uh, Plunkett writes songs that travel profoundly inward asking questions about who we are and how we relate to each other I think I must be getting this from from somewhere it doesn't sound like it's me so i apologize (laughs) for the plagiarism whoever wrote this i guess it's from the npr okay um over beds of electronic instrumentation that expand and recede like ocean tides there is a darkness that cuts through half-wave songs hinting at a searching that is often born of loss and struggle lavender the group's latest album centers on questions of loneliness and isolation of the consequences of hard-fought wisdom and self-knowledge so yeah that's from that is from that thing and yeah so here's a from lavender burning for instance she writes staring out into the shifting darkness trying to give a name to the place where my heart is which is also a great rhyme by the way a country of shadows hard to tell where the start is i miss new york and that's the loneliest feeling like that's that you can just feel it this, this. yeah and her voice oh my gosh it's lovely wow. it's
1: so so good it's uh, i it i love i love the clarity of it especially yeah. i can i can uh, understand um every every word she's saying Um, and it's also sung perfectly um, every single time and to very, to the right music, I think. Specifically, this song really, um, you can really feel how the words meld together with the music. Um, It's a a beautiful connection and just overall like beautiful words. And um, I know we're gonna talk about it, it after as well, uh, there's a, there's a lot of memorable imagery, but there's a lot of, a lot of emotion coming yeah. out of that song every single time. Um, she says, I miss New York and that's the loneliest feeling. Mm. It's, it's a, it's a little bit of a gut heart punch every single time. Um, and I think, I think that's something uh, that, that you want out of your music.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. That's right. I, I, I was thinking too, about other, other uh, songwriters uh, who make uh, memorable images that i didn't i didn't put in the in the uh, notes ahead of time but of course tom waits is an example of someone whose lyrics are exquisite my very favorite although there are lots my very favorite tom waits song is alice from the from the um the album with self-titled and he actually wrote that for a play and it's music for a play the whole album but um the line so yeah the lines i really liked um but I must be insane to go skating on your name, and by tracing it twice, I fell through the ice of Alice. Like it's just uh-huh. whoa, <laughs> that's amazing. That's the kind of thing that I would say if we're like when I when I'm reading poems and and uh, selecting poems and stuff like that. That would give me poem shiver, you know, like that. Yeah.
1: Do you ever get like just like a like a fan gush over like you read something and then like, you just take a minute for like or maybe a couple of minutes just to be like yeah how did they think of that? That's beautiful. And just, you know, disconnect from the fact that you're even worried about how they thought about it. The fact that it's there and it exists and it's in that sequence and it's perfect.
0: Yeah. It just makes you, it kind of gives you, wow, that's it. And then of course, Jeff Buckley. Well, I, I'm a big fan of Jeff Buckley's. And uh, so the song Mojo pin from, I guess from Grace, but also from other things. And so this song he wrote with Gary Lucas and I like the, uh, I'm not a drug taker, but I do like the image of the horses and the heroine. And apparently he, that was his invention, the idea of a mojo pin, but it was for the hypodermic needle. But it's a really, first of all, his voice is just beautiful in that song. But also the lyrics are, the whole song is extremely poetic, I think. And a lot of his lyrics are or were, I guess. But uh, yeah, so he's someone I would, I would add that um, memorable image uh, badge on his writing.
1: I think I was thinking about um, Mitski. Uh, and I think I think we've had personal talks about Mitski, um yeah. over Facebook. And one of my all-time favorite songs—not uh, just hers, just generally speaking—is uh, "Last Words of a Shooting Star." It was off mm-hmm. her "Bury Me at Makeout Creek" album. Yeah, I love
2: uh, that
1: album. It's a great album. And this particular song, um, the imagery is is she's stuck on an airplane, um, and she's kind of uh, introspective. Uh, and thinking about everything. And there's this, there's these beautiful lines about she just wishes her room was clean um, if she mm-hmm. dies on this airplane. And I think there is this really particular lyric. I'm trying to see if I can, if I could find it. Oh, um, and did you know the Liberty Bell is a replica silently housed in its original walls and walls, while, while its dreams played music in the night quietly, it was told to believe. Um, something about that particular it's really really beautiful and I think it was uh, the one that uh, it follows something uh, the, the second verse in full what that lyric follows follows is this really heavy thought um, about uh, how we kind of see relationships and it's uh, you wouldn't leave till we loved in the morning you learn from movies how love ought to be and you'd say you love me and look in my eyes, but I know through mine you were looking in yours. Um, mm. And then with 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 that coupled with the with the following uh, the following verse, I, I like it blew my mind. I was just like that's a that's an incredibly intimate piece of imagery to share um, uh, because I feel so many people can also just relate to that. Particular feeling of of uh, either being on the end of of looking into somebody's eyes and realizing that you're only in this for yourself, or um, being on the other end and feeling that this person's looking not through me but at themselves.
0: Yeah, there's a me. lack of genuineness to it, isn't it? But yeah, the, uh, fake, the real the real bell is is in you know is uh, in a closet somewhere. Whatever, it's not. It's not yeah. out there yeah That's exactly
1: true. i remember the first time i heard that i was just i was floored i was like i kept on reading it over and over and over again because i was just like oh I, I can picture that and the whole the whole song itself is 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 very visual it's mostly being described with very um uh well oral sensations for sure but also very visual ones
0: Yeah, that's good, that's a good point. Any other memorable images, songs that come to mind?
1: Yeah, I I knew I was gonna talk, I'm gonna talk about Haley Andrews a lot because she's become one of my favorite songwriters, but also because of just the way she writes. There's this one song that isn't on a record. You can only find it on YouTube for in a couple of performances. It's called uh, Ride a Pack of Bees. Um, Mm. And and like one of the two videos, apparently nobody can figure out what this song means and it's because it's just it's metaphor and simile heavy and it never really says exactly what it wants and there was a short time frame where i was like i'm getting sick of that because i used to listen to a lot of radiohead and i'm like radiohead say what you want like (laughs) be clear just for a moment and then i realized you're being pretty clear um and then this this particular song uh called "Ride a pack of bees is about Um, about uh, like positive body health, um, and it's 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 done in a very very beautiful way. Um, I think it's, and and it it seems very very vulnerable. And some of the one of the the chorus and and is 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 in particular is is very very beautiful. Um, and she's a lovely voice too, which really adds to this. I Um,
2: love that.
1: Yeah. A uh, stomach so tight I could make a rope and climb it, limbs so light I could ride a pack of bees.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, it's it's just it gives you shivers, and um, it's 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 really intense imagery. Um, you could see that art piece like forming in your mind as you hear it. So yeah, I, that's excellent.
0: <laughs> it is. That's beautiful. All right. So another category that we've already sort of uh, foreshadowed, I guess, is uh, that I thought of is evocation of emotion. So, um, and we've already kind of seen that in in some of the examples as well. So I thought of um, X Ray, which um, and the self-titled um, album. So it's Elena Tonner's debut album. is a breakup album, and uh, apparently she's from the band Daughter. So in the song New York, uh, she she says. Uh, Still, I rage through wine-wasted, shit-faced solo. So what? They good, punchy lyrics, but also, um, you know, we can relate to them. And uh, yeah, you see it. So um, she says a lot of the songs on the are long, rambling notes to myself, like writing letters you don't actually send. A pile of paper I never qu- quite got the courage to put in an envelope. I was trying to find a way to say things I wanted to say but couldn't anymore. Things I was too proud to admit to thinking or feeling. So I thought that was a good. Um, that was so x-ray comes from regarding x so her, it's about her x she says i also wanted to play with the words the ray like the start of an re like the start of an em, email reply so x the way of communicating with people when you're very far away this detachment while talking about someone who you were once very attached to it's also x-ray because it's like it's looking into something and seeing what's really there with time away understanding it a bit better so that's what she says but i i I love that whole album and i i love i think they are such um sad songs about breaking up with someone and new york is my favorite of that Um,
2: yeah
1: that i remember i remember vividly when that um album came out because daughter is one of my favorite favorite bands of all time uh also very very sad music of everything they write is um is very much focused on evoke- evoking emotion but they're mostly mostly pretty miserable in terms of like the the feelings that you get um, but miserable in a way that um, they warm your heart like you know
2: recognition
1: yeah exactly um yeah. hugging hugging um like a validation cactus or something um, so you just just Cozying up to something that uh, that's it's very numbing. Uh, Daughters was always really good at that, and I always really like Elena's uh, voice was one of my favorites. Um, it it just has this perfect pitch. Something about it um, really really makes everything she says seem more powerful, um, especially okay. sings, and uh, that that whole that whole album was, was, was so, so beautiful. And I, I don't think I could even pick a single song. It is, it's a, it's a particularly short album from what I remember, but I I don't think I could pick a single song from it and, and not be just completely enamored by the way it's written. And you could really tell that it is scrambled rants. And then you're like, I wish I could rant so beautifully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I like to play both, um, the um, the uh, lavender Bur- the other album the halfway uh, lavender burning and or that album and and uh, x ray as well I like to play both of them sort of in the same little uh, grouping I don't know why I just find the two you
1: yeah. mentioned New York and New York um, is is a is is a common theme <laughs> among right. some of these songs um, but also I think it's because of what New York represents it's it, it's crazy for a city to have such a strong identity
0: yeah it does well, it's been in so many movies and and yeah. been the object of so much attention so yeah and i've never even been to new york city so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but it's formed this identity and 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 it's become very much uh, yeah it, it's become its own thing separate of whether or not we've ever been there <laughs>
0: it's a myth yeah um, so when you include it in a a piece of music then it's already you've already got all that in your mind as this one image well multifaceted. but there's certain things and i think too with cities um and the idea of loneliness they kind of go hand in hand too right yeah imagine uh being alone in a city you know that's sort of um alienated and uh so yeah so there's some shortcuts when you use new york in a song maybe yeah
1: and then I think it's the added element of New York being um this crowded busy city, so yeah. it's like uh in 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 uh half f- uh lavender burning uh the concept there of I miss New York, and that's the loneliest feeling, yeah, it's i mean it it kind of says so much there that i I miss being around so many people, but also um oftentimes being in in that overcrowded. Uh, hustle and bustle can also feel very lonely because you feel very small. um Yeah. yeah. I New York is, is, is a is a great city to go back to in terms of like, uh, like a literature writing piece.
0: Yeah. And you can't really substitute. Like, you can't say I miss Ottawa and that's the loneliest. <laughs> it
2: doesn't
0: work. It doesn't quite work. It's like you no know, one would. Everyone would go what? What are you talking about? No, I love Ottawa, but. It, I don't feel that lonely about it, I don't know, in that sort of way. <laughs> another another, um, one, uh, another um, musician I really like is Ghost Poet. And uh, from his album Dark Days and Canapes, he has a lot of great titles for his album, the song Trouble and Me. And so Ghost Poet is, um, I guess people consider him to be alternative rock, electronic, but uh, doesn't like to be uh, classified and uh do i have a little bit more about ghost poet in my little note yeah he's a, a british musician named obaro ojimiwe and uh, his first album was also great peanut butter blues and melancholy jam i actually love that album as well and uh good he's name. got a new album out that this year that's quite good as well but the song trouble in me i really like the song first of all again he plays with with language a lot but also, I just relate to the way, like, here's some of the lyrics from the song, manic time, body with a little lime, I mean, vodka, body, I like it, calm nerves, the bed's made, I best stay, the devil's at the door, trouble in me, trouble in me, trouble in me, trouble in me, I feel it all the time, I'm hanging on the line. And he's, first of all, he's got a really sexy voice, so <laughs> just hearing that beautiful voice, but also, like, yeah, I I, I feel, I feel, like, this sense of oh yeah that must be terrible you know I I really I don't know I did feel emotion when I when I when I I listened to and I love listening to his music actually he's he's great and and people try to call him um, hip-hop he doesn't like being he said he's not that's not what he's doing Mm -hmm. so not the same just because a lot of his lyrics are spoken more but (laughs) um, it's not that's not necessarily hip-hop but uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, anyway, so that's one of my favorite, but uh, yeah, his other peanut butter blues and melancholy jams and other great albums as
2: well.
1: such a great name. <laughs>
0: I know. And he does that. And the second one had a food thing too. The third one though, I can't remember the name of the album now, but it's not, um, it doesn't have any food in the title. I don't think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I definitely so want to check it out because that yeah. particular, uh, that's a great line. Let's yeah. Just a great sequence of uh sequence of sequence of words um mm-hmm. in terms of uh um evo- evoking emotion evoking um it's hard i think for me to listen to a song i i, I need to connect with it um mm-hmm. uh, very like in a very emotional uh, like way no matter what i think i think a few artists uh, that really I've done that in the last little bit. I think uh, Dan Mangan's last last record. I have to I have to look that up for just a
2: second here. Oh, it, every time it, I
0: hear Dan Mangan, I I like his I like his voice. I like his like I just like him. You know, like every every I, I find he's a very likable.
1: He's musician. such a likable individual. He he just seems sweet. Um, and yeah. I was I was lucky enough to see him. I think, uh, in 2020, before before the pandemic, back in January. Uh, or it was at the end of 2019. I can't totally remember anymore. It's been a
2: long year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and he was he was performing his more or less album. And that's the one I wanted to refer to. Uh, and there were such great words that were said about this album. But specifically, it is the uh, anthem for introverts. Um, and I felt that very closely in my heart at the time, um, and I remember seeing him live and and to speak to the his likability. Uh, whenever he speaks, like his his general talking voice has this really nice calm de- demeanor. Um, right, it's very very uh, like it has like a good roughness to it, while also. Just being pleasant to to listen to, and the way he sings also incorporates the very same um, feelings, um, and more or less, uh, or that performance that he had uh, at the NAC. So it was really special because he got to play with uh, um, the NACU orchestra, and, mm. and and our NAC orchestra. I, I miss them dearly. They are such brilliant, brilliant musicians, and and the way they Took his his songs and made them um, these orchestral masterpieces was 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 really really brilliant and he had these little stories that he had in between um, and I think one that particularly stood out which, which wasn't his song but he just talked about his relationship with Adagio Strings Seven um, and and how he listened to it before every performance he ever had and then he's uh-huh. just like the any orchestra will not perform that. Uh, And like because I asked them to and and I remember being in that moment and I that I nearly cried I was just like this is this is a really beautiful moment that like we're getting to share his intimate Most intimate moment before a show where he feels most vulnerable uh, Where he puts himself into a space where he's able to be in front of a crowd of thousands of people And that in itself was very very special But just generally speaking um i think that whole record is is just every song on it i think does a really really great job i think lay low and cold in the summer or or cold in the summer was was a really catchy song um that was the first song released on it and it was just about you know feeling feeling um like He's just like I, I, he got a cold in the summer, and he was just feeling overwhelmed by the fact that he's just like I'm not as young as I used to. I'm not as resilient, um, and we're all we're all human. We're all gonna we all face that at some point. Um, and I think uh, the way it's done, it has like a fun quirkiness to it, um, uh, and it's just it's a fun way to do um, a pretty real thing. Um, and then lay low is is essentially just. About things I like to sing about too, just like having a night and not going to a party and just like enjoying time alone. Because getting to hear songs about spending time alone is is unheard of. It's not as common. Um, right. So maybe
0: it will be more now.
2: But <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope so. <laughs> um, it's 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 a it's a funny thing. I remember um, at the start of the pandemic, I went on this little thing where I was trying to write songs every single day. One of the first things was like what like one of the lyrics I wrote was about or one of the songs I wrote, just a verse of it was just about, uh, this is the first time in my life I feel like I'm not missing out. I just know everybody's doing the same thing.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I do you, do you find yourself I find myself, uh, when I listen to music or what even when I read something, um, seeing kind of seeing it from a different light during the pandemic than before. Like it was maybe meant one way, but with the pandemic, it's taken on a kind of a different sense. Uh, do, you, yeah. do you find that?
1: I think so. I'm yeah. trying to think of, of some of the music I've, I've really listened to. Like I said, like, I wouldn't say this has been the most impactful music year for me, but at the very same time, it has been in its own way. I've listened to a lot less, but it kind of goes into the pick your people thing where the things that mm-hmm. I chose to listen to, I realized, are things that I truly, truly love. And they both bring me comfort and introspection and um, the emotions that I felt like I needed versus um, I'm just listening to something because um, I treat it like a list of books to go through. Um, Everything this particular year, I think you really had to choose and also choose what you didn't want a lot of the time. If there's something... Yeah. If there's something that you maybe would have been a little bit more open to pre-pandemic because you're like it's okay to feel uncomfortable I think it was kind of we're like I, I I'm put through enough discomfort right now why don't I enjoy the yeah. fact that I I know that I'm gonna like this and I think that's a part of being able to self-identify and and really um be grow your relationship with yourself
0: I think what uh what is there a particular album you've been listening to a lot this year that you
1: yeah, I think the, uh, the album that really got to me this year was uh, Phoebe Bridger's uh, record. Um, I, she's, along with Hayley Hendrix, one of my favorite songwriters of all time, um, she writes a very, very particular way. Uh, the album's called Punisher. Um, the song that uh, really spoke to me was Garden Song, and it has this also a great concept for imagery because she uses a lot of it throughout all of her songs along with it's a emotionally um, heavy song. It's about being able to reflect on everything that's good in your life yet still feeling kind of pushed back and then also feeling normal when you, when you feel a little bit more depressed and then kind of, gauging between those two emotions over and over again um, mm. while also you know feeling excited about everything that's good that's happening and just reflecting on the fact that you're getting better too because that's a really um, frustrating and scary feeling sometimes because the concept of getting better in itself it's doesn't yeah it's 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 yeah exactly it's a it's change and coping mm-hmm. with change is, is this very overwhelming feeling. And depending on where you stand with that, it could be very traumatizing. If you're used to change, then uh, you're going to be a little bit more welcome to it. But if you've never, if you don't experience change regularly, and you have a very strong sense of uh, space and where you are, then like fighting with with the changes is, is, is this very traumatic and and toxic feeling almost because you feel like what you have and you know is getting away from you yeah
0: that makes sense that makes sense. any other any other um songs you want to talk about now <laughs>
1: um, uh I think there was uh, have- I, I think there's was pine grove which was which was uh something that uh, a band that I really really liked the first time I heard them uh it was yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, there's there were like the 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 lyrics are brilliant. Um, So I welcome pretty. It's hard to choose a particular song because they're also they use elements of their own lives really closely. Um, Like they have a song called "New Friends" where they're at a party and they're like, "I need to make new friends. I miss my old ones, but I I screwed up and I, I I can't go back to them." Um, and then he's thinking about who who do I know at this party? I don't really know anybody. I know my friend Steve is in Germany, um, and the whole the whole feeling of of having to restart and build a new uh, life, a circle of people is is it's it, it's it's an emotion. It's also something to relate to. <laughs> well, there
0: you go. That's a, which is our next. Uh, if we if we're having I mean the thing about making up categories is that they everything overlaps and there's, yeah. there's no <laughs> so that's fine too uh, I have um next song I have for this uh, is uh, can the uh, something to relate to something that connects us is this uh, just Jamal the poet and Laura Bidner ignite, which is a song about dealing with depression. It's such a beautiful song and yeah, yeah so it was um it's a song about mental health it's very uplifting. A combo of their words and Lorna's, uh, both their voices actually. And she's a screen composer and a musician. And Jamal Jackson Rogers, of course, is a local. Um, I want to say icon, <laughs> activist, uh, poet. Yeah. Uh, um, he does it, he does everything. He's he's an interesting guy. So yeah. So uh, from the song, for for what it's worth, sometimes only the pain can keep the lights on. And then there's also light imagery throughout. So like I, I yeah I think that a lot of, a lot of us can relate. To that and it's it's got an important message for those suffering from for those ha- those going through the depression so i i i i play that song a lot actually i really like it
1: i i remember when i first heard that song um around when it came out and then i was it very particularly interested in local what like the local music scene looked like because i was just learning about it um and i remember listening to like a billion laura, laura of laura's videos um mm-hmm. Cause she, yeah, I think she went to Carlton also and yeah. And, and she, yeah, she graduated from the music program there from what I remember. And um, just hearing the way she performs and her approach versus a lot of the other local musicians that I know, it was, it was really cool. I was just like, man, this is what I want. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, this is great music. Um, this is like immediately uh, like, I can feel this and I can feel how, how much she wants to share this. And then same with Jamal and, and I, and I think it's a really beautiful music video too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of wonderful visuals in that music video. Uh, and it's very, um, I would say very empowering. Very. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think I should try to make sure if I talk about music, I should mention that, that every time because it's such a strong and people who haven't heard it, it's it's on uh it's on her album, uh, which I think is called North, but I, I for some reason don't. I North. never remember anything very well, so that might be. But anyway, it'll be in the show notes as well. So yeah, <laughs> I just thought. Uh, but I I think that it's a song that I relate a lot of people can relate to and and it is empowering me as well. And then I have this other person on my on my list of songs that I could relate to. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what's his name here? Subrash Singh, and oh. so from Stay In this, from Coffee into My Elbow, which is. Uh, if i can't squeeze into my skin i struggle to believe in anything which um uh, you know so i really like that one um and i could relate to that this this sort of uh, yeah feeling of introspection and, and uh discomfort in the self and stuff like that as well so yeah and you do have a lot of song. well the songs i've heard a lot of them have that that's one of the things i really like about your music too we've talked about that um Writing about the self, writing about introspection and those feelings of discomfort, and yeah, yeah I, like I think that.
1: it goes back to the elements of uh of how songwriting can be really vulnerable and intimate yeah. um i yeah i remember I remember vividly writing writing, stay in because i I never write titles um it just kind of they kind of happen when i'm I'm like, oh, I need to have a title for this <laughs> um, but I remember the words just kind of, kind of came in there. Uh, and I think it, uh, for myself, I think, I, I, a lot of, a lot of people uh, interpreted that song as like a, as a love song too, uh, because of the way it follows through. And, and, and I think that works completely fine. It's it, I think it, I think the goal is for it to speak to all sorts of sorts of love. But I think at that point in my life, it was about, it was about friendship in a lot of ways. Um, and I think the, I think the lyric after that is, yeah, if I can't squeeze into my skin, I struggle to believe in anything. And then something like you promised, uh, to help me like fit it in, uh, into, into my skin essentially. Um, and I remember while well, I was right, I was doing that whole coughing into my elbow project. I think one of the common denominators throughout all those songs, cause They were all relatively um, "quote unquote" sad, but also always ended with a positive note.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
1: and that was—I was—I think it was really important to me because um, I think it was—it's a part of—it's a part of building a narrative. If you were to write a story, um, and your story needs a beginning and um, a middle, uh, you also want your story to not just have one layer you want it to be multiply layered but also it's just connecting things and then giving a sense of hope because a good story will the whole whole um like if i were to use the example of a movie i think i'm thinking of pan's labyrinth in my head right now Uh, (laughs) pan's labyrinth is a very very heavy sad movie one of my favorites of all time but very sad um and Despite it being sad the whole way through, there's this. The closing scene is very, very heartwarming, um, and I think having a little bit of hope in every in in every song is is important to me personally. Um, especially because these are not part of one big overarching storyline. It's just every song is its own little thing. So. Yeah. It needs to have a beginning and it needs to have an end. Um, And it needs to kind of explain a whole thought instead of a half thought. Or, and that's also because of the way I think in general, where (laughs) (laughs) um, the, like a half thought would be like, oh, this bad thing's happening to me. And then a moment later I'll be like, but there's this as well. And then kind of thinking about every possible outcome to one particular situation
0: which is a good coping method as well
1: <laughs> yeah so exactly
0: good. do you have <laughs> oh, any I, other other songs you can think of for this this something to relate to or oh, or should we um, on?
1: i'm trying to think of there is a few that i think i had i think a lot of it uh this 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 past year um in 2020 um well i have a of a local artist named Graven wrote some really, really great songs um, that were very much easy to relate to. Um, And similar, he, I think it was, yeah, it was off his new record called Years. And the song Years itself was this really beautiful sentiment of him getting older and, and, and the way he approach it, is, is approaching it. Um, and also because he's a part of the um, Ottawa music scene and uh, a lot of our music scene is, is currently like very young, I think, yeah. so to be a part of it and, and be uh, older than the, the, than the rest of, of the community while being so a part of the community, I feel mm-hmm. like is its own kind of identity um so I think years has a lot to do with that, but along with that, it was just some of the lyrics he, he wrote in that in that entire project, but in that particular song was were very, very like I I I eye, eye, eye catching and then very touching um about um finding identity and not letting anybody like tackle his identity um like being more self-assured. Very, very beautiful like album in total. Um, also, it's a it's nice to be able to shout out I'm a great songwriter from the city as well. Um, yeah. And apart from that, there's so much. There's so much. There's like every it's it's similar to emotion. I think um, all these elements um, yeah they they they're all they're all all attached to one another in their own one way. Um, I guess I did want to talk about Bug Collector because I mentioned it earlier, yeah. Haley Hendrix, um, which, like I said, it's the whole song is a metaphor um, for helping a friend. It is always been one of my... It, it was the first Haley Hendrix song I ever listened to. And the lyrics uh i I listened to them a billion times and it's it has a lot to do with anxiety it has a lot to and in ways to cope with that but mostly it's just about this beautiful friendship of somebody helping somebody um or helping their partner with with their demons and it's like the most beautiful part of of a relationship a lot of the times is being able to actively be there for somebody when they're not able to yeah. yeah and uh yeah every every verse on it's 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 great it uses this is, it uses um bugs <laughs> like centipedes and uh praying mantises as these antagonizing uh creatures and uh her she's just out there explaining Um, how they're not that bad, but I can get rid of them for you. Um, And I think it's just, it's, it's it's perfect. And then the whole concept, because in those moments, when things I feel like, um, and this is a very, something I really relate to is when somebody is feeling that anxiety and you want to help them, you immediately want to not just help them, but you want to make it so that they have the best day and not just, not just helping them for that moment, just a very, very nice day. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that sounds. Good. I I'll have to listen to that. I, I I'm sure I've heard it, but for some reason now I don't I don't recall it. But uh, the main thing I remember about Haley is the song "I Need to Start a Garden," where she starts yelling, "I need to start a garden." <laughs> like <laughs> pretty entertaining. Um, the next category I have, I guess, is um, an obvious one: interesting, unique phrase or wordplay. So uh, coming to mind is a Canadian, "The Burning Hell," which is, uh, uh, Matthias home and friends. So, um, Burning Hell is named after a religious tract handed to him by a wide-eyed zealot in Toronto. He says, "Mathias subsequently invited all of his friends to join him in performing um, songs about seagulls, shopping malls, and the similarities between love and hurricane." So that's that's how that all started. So the um, the song is dance, dance, dance. But I mean, he's got a lot. And I just I have to. I obviously I'm not going to sing it, but and I'll I'll include, but the, I'll, I just have to read these lyrics. But they're just too great. I was born much too early. Surely, surely, prematurely, so already we're getting a lot of wordplay. But I already knew that I wanted more by the time the placenta hit the floor. And it wasn't too much later, lying inside my incubator, clenching my tiny newborn fists, trying to split my little newborn wrists.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah, wow. So I went to see the rabbi. I said, Rabbi, why, 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 why? He said, I've read the Torah and I've read the Talmud. You get born, you meet some people, and then you die. He said, everybody has a tiny pope inside their head. Go for- forth and multiply. That's all the tiny pope ever says. Then he said, because after all is said and done, from womb to tomb and sperm to worm, there's nothing much else to do, so you've got to do what you've got to do. Dance, 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 and romance. You just can't help but dance. Dance, 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 and romance. Take off your pants and dance.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Think, like,
0: <laughs> his lyrics really do blow me away. and He's, he's, he's both witty and funny and he has a lot of wordplay and on top of that i like his voice a lot so so i have a few of his albums and highly recommend recommend him as, as that's as great someone. yeah we're, and wordplay is just like really great
1: yeah, <laughs> so. wordplay word is great uh, we, we mentioned the mountain goats earlier and and, yeah. and john marnell's i think arguably one of the masters of it um
2: yeah
1: um i think yeah, it's it's just it's just good wordplay. I'm like I'm thinking of I'm thinking of all the I I I love good wordplay in a song, but I can't I can't think of one in on the top of my head. I feel like Andy Shaft does it really well. Um <laughs> but I'm trying to think of a of a single song and it's eluding me at this point. I think I know, I, reason, Oh, go ahead, sorry.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard with with um for some reason I I feel that um um the Mountain Goats uh, all hail west Texas has a lot of wordplay on it but right now i don't i can't remember any specifics either
2: yeah
1: that's, that's why i,
0: I notes. <laughs> yeah exactly
1: i was thinking of modern leper by frightened rabbit which is a excellent song and and, and i've like i pulled it out so i could read it <laughs> and i was just like but, is it uh is it is it wordplay but it's um but a lot of the opening lyrics uh because it's about uh, well, a modern leper. Um, whereas a cripple walks amongst you, all you tired human beings. He's got all the things a cripple has, not two working arms and legs, and vital parts fall from a system and dissolve in Scottish rain, or Scottish. Uh, but vitally, he doesn't miss him. Uh, he's too effed up to care. Um, and then it goes into the chorus, and it's, it's a really, like, a really punchy chorus, very heavy. Well, is that you in front of me? coming back for even more of exactly the same you must be a masochist to love a modern leper on his last leg
2: hmm.
1: yeah i that chorus always is like is my favorite part of that particular song because it kind of brings it all back um but hard to say if it's exactly wordplay or not i i wouldn't necessarily describe it's a it lot as... of
0: sound play i hear a lot of sound play and, and image play
2: so, yeah uh... Yeah, changing, I
0: changing what an image means from it's sort of yeah interesting there you go well the, it, for those listening uh well eventually not now because we're we're still at the recording stage <laughs> perhaps you will be make some suggestions some notes another Absolutely. category i have is repetition so um and then i thought of isque's song nobody knows which is a song to honor missing and murdered indigenous women so yeah it's it's a uh, Her voice is incredible. Um, She's an artist, a creator, and a communicator communicator of music and of movement of pictures, poetry, and prose. Through it all, she's a teller of stories that have impacted our past and will inform our future. That's from her site. And I just find that it's a very simple lyric, but so powerful combined with her voice. I lay me down now, lay me to the ground, lay me down in the shade. No, nobody knows where I've been or where we go. And it's uh, with a repeated refrain of, I won't be afraid. And it's just really, really powerful. I feel that I've heard her perform it um, maybe at an awards ceremony. I, I, th- I feel like I've heard her live, but I know I haven't heard her live. So it must've been at some recorded uh, live event, like an awards ceremony or something, Canadian, Canadian award. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's got such a powerful presence. And that song is really, uh, it's really moving. So, uh, and with the repetition as well.
1: It's very powerful.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and
0: the last category I have is is what I call ineffable. <laughs> in other <laughs> words, I have no idea why. This, and, it, and I think uh, I would say in, in this case I have two instrumental pieces, pieces which is uh, Miles Davis trumpet and Bitches Brew. There's um, I it's a very long song. The album is Bitches Brew, and it's a very long song. Uh, the um, album it's a double album. Um, it came out in 1970. It's, it marked his continuing experimentation with electric instruments that he had featured on his previous record, which was In a Silent Way from 1969. We mostly talk about very contemporary stuff. But with these instruments, such as the electric piano and guitar, he departed from traditional jazz rhythms in favor of loose rock-influenced arrangements based on improvisation. But Bitches Brew in in that, it's like a, like a 20-minute song or whatever. At about the eight-minute mark, you can hear the, this repetition echo of the trumpet and you feel like you're walking along like this this sounds really cheesy but i felt like i was walking along the streets of heaven just hearing that sound like it really was and it, that, that
2: along we, the
1: streets of heaven that's a great yeah.
0: <laughs> it sounds like a uh a, a springsteen lyric or something just now I oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> but um um yeah so i think that's philadelphia <laughs> but um yeah i i yeah, and it's funny because I think uh, I, what I guess my point is with this one and another one I'm going to mention is that um, you don't have to, for me, music doesn't have to have lyrics to be poetic. Even though we've concentrated on the lyrics, I think it can also be the voice or the, the instrument or the combination, the way the music and the and the voice sound together or the voices sound together. So um, another one is Oliver Shore, uh a, a died. He was a violinist fiddler. And his uh, Camino, a uh, Field of Stars, would be another one. And uh, yeah, just um, um, yeah, just an incredibly beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, he died in 2008. Um, so it said in in uh, May of 2004, uh, fiddler composer Oliver Schroer set out with three companions to walk along the Camino de Santiago, an ancient pilgrim trail that meanders across France and Spain. Over the course of two months, the four companions walked a thousand kilometers in the footsteps of their medieval brothers and sisters and I'm, i'll share a link to his journal but that is the music is just so gorgeous if you get a chance to listen to that it really does it's poetry it doesn't have words so that's uh that's how, uh,
1: well, it's a, yeah. it's a beautiful sentiment and um it speaks i think it speaks to uh the concept of of what poetry is uh if it if it necessarily is exclusively um just Words being put together always. Um, poetry is, I think, just a very it's just very complex in terms of in terms of what it is, because um, it tends to be simplified um, always. I think when you start learning about it in schools from a young age, it it just seems like rhyme schemes. Yeah. And then eventually they start um, kind of half-ass teaching you how to how to add uh elements of poetry into your regular writing but as soon as you have to write something that isn't supposed to be creative anymore they're like no keep that out keep out flowery language and don't
2: have purple prose <laughs> yeah, and the
1: thing is uh it's it's hard to even say that like is poetry even always flowery language i wouldn't No know that you have to not actually that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's
2: it's, the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: We, we we've gone to this point of simplifying something um, that has this long extending um, relationship with, with with human existence and um, all languages. Uh, I, I'm my, my family's from West Bengal, which is yeah. uh, in Kolkata. So um, and in and, and West Bengal, particularly, has uh, we have uh, Rimbidna, Rabindranath Tagore, who is this um, very, very, very famous uh, poet in in Bengali culture, and the way he writes things. And uh, oh, first of all, he's a he's a poet, but he, he eventually all his all his poetry turned into songs, which I think alone kind of speaks to what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but it's not just the words; it's just once you once you apply music um and 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 really start to listen to music you start to understand what uh the music is independently saying of without lyrics um and 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 that's kind of the point you want to get with particular genres of music like like jazz and and it's all it's no. all it's uh, uh chaos so to speak always has a very strong narrative as to what it's trying to um explain and express i think that's uh that's how i would put it i guess
0: <laughs> yeah and i think too like i think um i think what i find the word poetic maybe is is that is you know applied more generally too but i think when you have a piece of music that is moving and it isn't using words especially like i, I still remember when we had um, Oh, what was the, um, as a kid, uh, we had we the, the teacher, the music teacher, or maybe she was just our regular teacher, but we were doing music in the mm. class, and she put on Peter and the Wolf, and she said, she just played the music, and she said, what does it make you think of, right, in the different different yeah. ways? Like, it feels like, you know, galloping through a forest or whatever. And so, like, it, it, just the idea that maybe sound, and especially music, and tone, and rhythm, and melody, and all those different things can tell a story on their own right so
1: absolutely and they have it has been for yeah for so so long um and and with that being said i think um the uh, part of the poet poetic elements of of music is 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 that so much of music is what sparks uh sparks the actual literature um so uh I, I I think lots of people write, when, when they start their writing, they're they're listening to some sort of instrumental in their background because um, that's what they feel more, most confident writing about, <laughs> writing with in the background.
0: I actually have to say, I, I write a lot of long poems and one of the big, one of the, one, something that I listen to all the time is, is uh, for long, my long poems, depending on the tone, but I listen to Nine Inch Nails, a Downward Spiral a lot <laughs> when I read that. And I've written at least three long poems like I'm talking 60 page long poems to that album so, <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it, it has the right tone and and I, I can I can listen if I'm writing I can I can have words in the background if it's if it's kind of different from the way mm. I'm I write or, or I don't know like I'm not I can have it in this background if it just depends on the rhythms and stuff like that as well
1: but, uh, I, Nine Inch Nails is great because they're really atmospheric
0: yeah exactly exactly and depending on the album, I, ghost one to 4 too, two i've i've written um i wrote um um yeah a long a seventy two page long poem epic to ghost one to four so not the new ones the ghost five to eight or whatever but uh, I'm sure it's coming I'm sure it's coming i have um also uh, when I first started talking about doing this episode, which was a couple of years ago actually i asked i i asked friends on facebook uh, for suggestions about what uh, what music they considered uh, poetic so I have some some uh, some things to read out from friends as well shout out so Rob Thomas says I think David Berman uh, would be timely uh, uh he also mentions Sel- uh, shell and PJ Harvey but Harvey but he says my example be- would be the wild kindness by the Silver Jews rationale most songs use poetic form or verse of advice vice <laughs> I think Berman's songs also make use of voice narrative rhythm and poetic figures which function independent of the music and performance well that's pretty that's a pretty cool answer i had to admit i hadn't listened to that but i listened to it after that and i yeah I, I thought that was a really cool uh the silver jews is not a band that i uh i knew of actually <laughs> even though uh, big chestnut actually uh, has done some stuff with them so i thought that was interesting and uh, jason christie another a poet another poet friend talks about sound poetry which is in the intersection of music and poetry so you have people like uh the four horsemen which is the bp nickel and paul dutton and a few others and also the luddites which bill bissett was part of and i think i have a youtube link for the luddites as well so and anita dolman says all of cohen of course yeah we've particularly tower song and hallelujah for their narrative combined with the musical lyricism the pacing and rhythm being used to reflect and reinforce the telling of a story so the two become inextricably Inextricably intertwined. Well, that's a hard word for me. I <laughs> find the same with many Indigo song and Indigo Girl songs, including especially Shame on You. The first and subsequently only review I heard of their retrospective album on which that appears said they were poor lyricists, though the tunes were kind of okay. Given that the album is probably the folk album I listen to the most to this day, I think often of the deep systemat- systemic homophobia and possibly sexism and classism given the l- lyrics are all quite queer feminist, and socialist, that enable the critic to say that because I think they are brilliant and resonating on a different note, she says, as it were, cause she's made a pun, everything Nina Simona ever recorded was magical poetry, but that would be a whole episode in itself. And that's true. I, I love Nina Simone. Um, actually I first heard about Nina Simone through another poet. Um, Stephen Hyton was reading from his uh, poetry collection, the address book at the writer's festival, um, many years ago and he mentioned um i think a poem maybe mentioned uh nina simone singing it was either lilac wine or or the uh or wild as the wind and afterwards i went up to him. the only versions of those songs i knew like i knew the buckley version of lilac wine and the david bowie version of wild as the wind He's, and he said oh nina simone sang those and, and then i looked her up afterwards and i was like wow she's amazing so uh, yeah so i never heard of her until like you know the early aughts or something which is crazy because uh, she is really great. And then Nina Jane Dristick mentions Owen Pallett, whose music is full of poetry and beauty. So she talks about Lewis takes off his shirt for its sound and chorus and lyrics. And she quotes the song. I am overrated, said the sculptor to the sea. I've been praised for all the ways the marble leaves the man. And I was wrong to try and free him. And as for me, I am a vector. I am muscle. I am bone. So that's a good, uh, that's a great, that's a comb shiver kind of lyric for me. And apart from that, she mentions Gold Dust Woman. The Fleetwood Mac song uh, inspired her to write a prize-winning high school poem. <laughs> so yeah, so those are some of the um, some of the uh, things from others others as well. And uh, yeah, what else can we talk about? Do you um, have any other other um, thoughts about? Uh,
1: yeah, well, can- I I was I'm, like a part of my brain is still thinking about wordplay, a little part mm-hmm. of it, and I just remembered. Um, there was a particular line that really, really spoke to me. Um, wait, I think I have to, I almost found it. I'm so close. It was from Dan. I have to go into my own little library. Yeah. I live my broken dreams by Daniel Johnston. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. The uh, so Daniel Johnston has such a, as a such a history of as a singer and his whole story was, uh, was very haunting in a lot of ways, um, and I remember that particular song he performed live on MTV when he had his like first reel like break and, uh, it, if you go back and listen to it, it's kind of a hard listen because it's it's he never really knew how to play guitar. He could play the piano pretty well. Um but he got a guitar because he could stand and perform it and he thought it would work better. And he also didn't have the world's most beautiful voice, but he No, he made, had
2: an interesting voice. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. He had something going for him. But I remember the writing always really um really spoke to me and it was uh the wildest summer that I ever knew. I had a flat tire down memory lane. Um but I came back about five months and a half, and I'm just trying to explain. And I think, I think just I had a flat tire down memory line is one of my yeah. favorite favorite pieces of wordplay ever. And um, it kind of like inspired me to like always like look for little like pick out little pieces of wordplay if I could could find it. Um, but I remember that one being really, really special to me the first time I heard it. And I think it, I, I think I wouldn't even have noticed if it wasn't for a YouTube comment. Like somebody in the YouTube comments was just like, my mind is blown. And then I, they put that lyric and it was just like, that's really, really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Good. I have to listen to that again. I have to find all the YouTube videos for these uh, things as well. <laughs> I mentioned too, um, voice is a poetic element. So uh, the, uh, there's a high lonesome sound of uh, Roscoe uh, Holcomb, I guess. Uh, So um, this is a quote. When Holcomb starts to sing in his loud, thick, straight, foghorn voice, my whole body shifts into a hyper-aware, over-perceptive state. In the language of our age, this is called being present. It feels more like being electrified. Suddenly you see and feel everything. Comparable situations include being frightened when, say, someone has followed you down a dark block, or or perhaps more generously falling in love nothing matters except whatever is happening directly in front of you. That's from the New Yorker and Cohen would eventually and famously describe this as the high lonesome sound. So that's a great, the high lonesome sound. So that's, uh, that's it. I think, uh, do you, is there anything else you want to say at this point? Uh, do you have any, um, are you performing on zoom or anything or on Facebook or something anytime soon? Not, I'm
1: not sure. Out? Not particularly. I, I've had a, yeah. I've an interest. I've had a, like an interesting um kind of I've, I've i've thought about wanting to do one of those um like over the internet performances do a little mm-hmm. live stream but i based on the way i like to perform uh what's stopping me is that it's like can i connect with an audience the same way can i like yeah. slowly look into the screen and kind of hear what they're trying to say um and i don't know if i would be uh able to do those things and and, and I I think I would have to build a very specific type of set list to do a live stream where um, I I would be really focused on making some of the best music I possibly could, but also making it so that it's just it's just meant to listen to instead of um, uh, I like to think that when I perform it's supposed to be a shared experience. Uh, where everybody can be involved Um, despite it, you know, maybe it just being like my music the whole time and not one of those improv sessions. I still like for everybody to be involved um, in the performance. And I think that's what makes them special. So I'm worried that a live stream kind of uh, make like ruins that, that specialness um, and that connection. So I have debated it and how my approach is to it. And maybe um, the way I think if I were to do it would be to basically very much uh, describe it as like an open journal kind of performance where I'm just here, I'm going to, these are very intimate songs and I'm just going to perform them and then turn it off. (laughs) Uh, So I I, I would have to do some like thinking about how I'd want to do that.
0: But, there you go. That that could be an interesting challenge. Also, I guess uh, sometimes on Instagram, on your stories, sometimes you you play the occasional uh, bit of song or song. Yeah, so.
1: it's a good way to gauge um, whether or not people are interested in a song. Uh, so I remember uh, one of the songs I put on the recent little project I put out called Spotlight.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. I remember when as I was writing it, I was like, I really like this and then I uh was like half asleep and put a little YouTube or sorry Instagram story version of it um up and I got such a nice warm reception to it. And I was just like, Well, I can I can definitely leverage this moment and this <laughs> this this feeling, um, and turn and, and flesh out the song and kind of uh this will be the starting point for maybe if I wanna start writing something more full in the future
0: all right well we we look forward to that and uh, also uh, to hearing you perform live again in person in a room with like <laughs> coffee and all those different things and it'll, it'll be lovely there you go all right well i think we'll we'll wrap it up there and uh so thanks to subraj singh for being on the show to thanks charles so for Oh, it's been a pleasure to Jennifer Peterson for for helping with for doing the theme song, and to all of you for listening and sharing the episode. So, um, in um, so far in 2021, we have planned episodes with Connor McDonald, Jennifer K Dick, Rizika Revolva, Dominique Carozzi, and Jennifer Mulligan. It's been a rough year. Connection is more important than ever. I am grateful to all of all of the guests who've been on the show this year, and to all of you for listening and sharing the episodes. And on the on the um, Show notes I'll include a, a, a playlist of a bunch of different versions of Old Lang Syne. I don't know when the, this episode will be on, but to, you can listen to about uh, an hour's worth of Old Lang Syne. <laughs> Thanks again, Subrash. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Small Machine Talks. The Small Machine Talks.